AI is here to stay. Like uh, the the what uh, I would recommend, uh, like uh, the young generation is like uh, be as close as possible to digital technology and uh, AI and machine learning, because this is the future. Welcome to our first episode of CAIS, which is the Carlton AI show. And this is on behalf of the Carlton AI Society. So today we have a special guest. His name is Naeem Iqbal, and he is a seasoned and result-oriented management executive with practical experience and in-depth understanding of a diverse business management application, including strategy and revenue planning, sales and marketing, team building, and operational management. He's backed with many years of expertise in aviation and information technology industry. He offers a rare combination of commercial and operational management skills with an in-depth understanding of technical IT systems. So hello. Hi, Dana. How are you? Thanks for inviting me. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. We really appreciate it that you're sharing all your expertise with us. Thanks for inviting, and I hope uh, my talk will be beneficial to the, the young uh, generation like, uh, which is there in the market and are studying currently like in uh, colleges and universities and looking for a bright future. Well, thank you so much. So I guess we'll get started with the questions. Um, so the first question we have is obviously since we are in artificial intelligence uh, society, how did you become interested in technology and artificial intelligence? Uh, Dana, as you know, like uh, currently, like I'm the CEO of uh, Revimax. Uh, like uh, we do like a lot of uh, um, uh, uh, strategic solution for airline industry. And uh, in an airline industry, like uh, uh, it is always uh, important uh, to churn the data, which is in a trillion uh, gigabytes like uh, of data that needs to be churned. And like uh, we need like a sophisticated uh, um, uh, technology to uh, make sense out of that uh, data and which can be converted into information. As uh, like uh, when I started my career, I was always a very curious person and uh, being in an airline industry, AI was one of the most important aspect when it comes to facial recognition and predictive analysis. AI has even become more important in the current situation where we are, are talking touchless travel. So like um, when I started my career in computer, I was always uh, excited to see like uh, how, how does the computer uh, talk to me, uh, 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 talk back to me, like when I say, uh, how are you? It will respond with some response. Like uh, that was like the start of curiosity, which uh, made me get into like computers. And from there on, like it has never stopped. And AI has become a, a part and parcel of the, the business, what I do. It is very exciting to be in the AI and machine learning field. And uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's good that you're enjoying it. It's nice to hear that someone who's interested and is willing to talk to us more about it as well. So just a little background on you first. You said you worked in the airline industry. So would you be willing to talk a little more about how the airline industry works and 
like what technologies do you use and how they might be useful? Yeah, um, see, airline industry is a, a kind of a very complex uh, uh, um, uh, industry, like uh, where uh, if you look at it, like it's one of the unique business where uh, the money is not uh, owned by the airline unless the passenger travels. Like basically when you, uh, I'm sure like you have uh, traveled the airline, uh, airline uh, taken uh, uh, airlines uh, many times when you travel. So when you pay, like when you make a booking, say like two months out, that, that means like the money is still not owned by the airline. The, the money only becomes theirs once you uh, fly and uh, sit on the aircraft. So it has like a, a huge complexity when it comes to like uh, uh, the commercial aspect of it. Like when I say commercial aspect is like a, when you talk about uh, the, the pricing, the supply and demand, like how do you price it? And then you have the engineering part of it. How do you maintain the aircraft? Like how do you keep it safe? And then you have cargo and like uh, handling and uh, the, uh, the landing and handling, the, like uh, how it is managed at the airport and all that. So it is a very, very uh, uh, big uh, uh, industry and uh, very complex. Uh, the 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 first step like uh, basically when you talk about the airline you talk about the big data which needs to be transferred into information the second step is like basically using this data and the information how do you forecast for the future because like the most important thing is like in an airline industry is to maximize revenue so like uh, forecast and predictive analysis becomes the second step and the last but not the least is ai and machine learning so like when we talk about predictive analysis and forecast, we'll uh, uh, use like a lot of statistical modules like a regression analysis, time series, Python, uh, uh, and uh, so many uh, other uh, uh, the uh, uh, statistical uh, uh, modules. Uh, and also like we use a linear programming uh, kind of a, a philosophy where, which uh, like optimizes the network revenue. And then when you come to AI, like uh, when you uh, see, if you look at it, AI is uh, defined into uh, two uh, entities. Like uh, basically it is a symbolic uh, uh, learning and also machine learning. Uh, it uses the symbolic learning also when we talk about facial recognition at the airport and also like the predictive analysis which comes under the machine learning, uh, which has like a deep learning, statistical learning, and the pattern recognition. So like these are some of the technology like uh, what are being used in airline and they become very useful. Like uh, machine learning especially is uh, very much used in uh, the commercial uh, aspect of it where uh, the data is used to predict for the future what is the kind of revenue you're going to generate and where like you're not going to make it like basically using um, linear programming, budgeting module and all that. So like uh, that becomes a very important aspect of the airline. And the second thing is when you talk about the symbolic uh, um, uh, learning uh, at the airport, facial recognition has become a, a kind of a uh, in thing. Like uh, when the, the passenger comes to the airport, like he is recognized and he's connected. Like and the, the journey begins from there. Like the airlines are trying to uh, be in touch with the passenger, telling him uh, which gate to go to, which, uh, like, uh, where is his baggage? Like, uh, how, where is, uh, uh, where does he board? Like, what are the time remaining to uh, reach the 
aircraft and like when he lands like where which belt like uh, your baggage is on see these are some of the things like which they are trying to connect the passengers and give him a kind of a comfortable journey uh, across uh, like right from the the start to the end but however it is restricted by like a lot of entities the government regulation and all that but these are the things which may come in the future but this is how like the airline industry is moving and the technology what they are using yeah so you mentioned that you you played an advisory role with airline ceos such as sri lankan airlines and so on and specifically you helped implement commercial and revenue management systems so is that what you did more so in terms of applying ai to the field absolutely yeah that is what i do like uh, my expertise lie uh, lie in uh, churning out the big data and making sense out of it like if you look at it like airline has so much data i can just uh, the, the like uh, the speak a little bit about it uh you have like uh, so many silo systems like uh, for example like when you talk about uh, target like uh, when you uh, make a, a budget for the airline for the whole year like you have a revenue planning uh, the 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 system and then you have reservation system like where you guys like when you make a booking through uh, online or like through an agent like the bookings are made and that comes through reservation system then the revenue accounting system are the ones where like uh, once you have flown they get it accounted for so like there is a, the already three systems like uh, we have to deal with then you have market intelligence data like uh, uh, which is an external data which tells you about the competition of the airline then you have internal ma management information system it gives you uh, some uh, the the information on availability capacity and uh, uh, and uh, uh, other stuff like uh, then you have connection builder for example like a passenger traveling from uh, uh, jfk to manila like it has uh, taking two flights so like uh, basically there needs to be a connector uh, connecting a connection builder so like they can price it accordingly then you have finance systems like uh, where they talk about the flow on data like uh, basically the past like, and then uh, you have revenue management system where you have like a route demand forecast like fares like and then they talk about uh, uh, point of sale controls like uh, which is more a little bit technical then the last but not the least you have the sales system like uh, where the commercial team normally looks at like uh, the distribution channel from where the revenue is coming in from how the agents are performing so these systems are like uh, running in a trillion gigabytes of data data each so like this data has to be uh, uh, collated and uh, you have to churn it and make into come some kind of in decision making uh, information for like uh, the strategy to be implemented so this is what the job is and this is where like we come in and we use the machine learning and ai to bring in sanity to the airline for strategic uh, decision making uh, process okay cool so um since you worked a lot in management i had a few questions about what it was like to tra transition from an it engineering degree to an mba degree and how did that help you in your career see it's a very uh, good question you have raised uh, dana like uh, one of the things like uh, uh, if you look at some of the, uh, the studies like uh, which have come across 
there are like a, there is a study by uh, uh, one of the the the, the famous uh, uh, the, uh, consultancy like a uh, McKinsey, and they they what they say is today like if you look at it in the future like with the AI coming in like uh, things are going to move like a uh, big time towards uh, uh, job openings for advanced IT skills and programming and. Uh, uh, and also like who have the basic uh, digital skills. The jobs which will not be like uh, uh, the, the coming into uh, the front and there will be no, uh, the demand may come down is like uh, the physical and manual labor like uh, where like it will be like uh, coming down and also like a uh, uh, basic uh, co cognitive uh, kind of uh, jobs like uh, which will come down and the biggest jump will be on the technological part. So like when I started, like uh, basically when I finished my engineering, I'm an engineer gra uh, engineering graduate. Like uh, when I started, I got into IT uh, field. But when you join IT field, it has a kind of a one a single perspective. You are just uh, doing the programming for the business, but you don't understand the business. Like uh, the, somebody tells you write this code and you write it and you uh, come up with a kind of a, a output. Whereas like if you move to the business side, like uh, one of the things like what I wanted was, I wanted to get a kind of a feeler on like what the business is all about. And that is the reason why I, uh, I worked in IT, got a hang of like how the IT, the processes work, how the programming is done and all that, and then shifted to the business. Then what happened was like the, the, the skill set, what like uh, brought in, from uh, from the IT perspective as well as the business, I got a kind of a, a a feel on the what the business require and what are the kind of limitation IT can provide. So like it was a fantastic fit, like where I am an expert in business and also like I know IT. So like there was a kind of a very very good uh, handshake between these uh, two uh, experience what I have. So once I did that, like. Uh, uh, the, the 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 other thing like which was lagging like uh, when I got into the business was I was able to do the nuts and bolts like uh, basically I knew the IT programming side and I know how to do the business like for example like uh, managing uh, the 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 commercial aspect of it but it lagged like some of the things like uh, finance and marketing I was not in a very good at finance or marketing. But these are the key component, like when you get into the uh, business side of it, like if you want to uh, the, make your uh, career grow, like you have to have the knowledge of finance. You should know what is an NPV. NPV is net present value. What does it mean? How do you do branding? How do you do marketing? These are some of the aspects which will builds up your career to the next level, like if you want to grow into executive positions and all that. So once I worked uh, in an organization for uh, 10 years, then only I did my MBA and that opened my mind, which made me more confident, like uh, because I have the, the, the experience as well as the knowledge, like uh, in a wider perspective. And that gave me the confidence to think outside the box and which was a very powerful tool, which was experience with knowledge. That is how I transferred and that is my career growth and that is how I have been able to uh, the, 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 the progress on my career path. Okay, and so 
like you said, you start with an IT engineering degree and then you went from tech to business management and now you have your own company, RevMax. So you're the CEO of that company. So what was it like to climb that management ladder and what is it like to, after that, translate that career into starting your own company? Uh, it was uh, like a, it was a very uh, a smooth uh, the kind of a, a transition. But for this, like I, what I recommend, like uh, who the, the 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 young generation is like, you need to have a kind of a goal, like you need to have a kind of a vision, like where you want to be. And this, like uh, when I was working for an airline, I was growing into the egg, uh, the like uh, the, the management positions. One of the, the 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 goals I had at the back of my mind was. I needed to ultimately at certain age, after a certain number of years, I wanted to start my own business. So like for that, like I started looking at the gaps, like what are the gaps in the airline industry? Do we have something which you see any business when you start, it is like you have to be a little bit unique from the others and you need to uh, understand what are the gaps and what are the pain points that uh, uh, the, the, the industry has. And if you're able to master that and make sure like you're working towards it and making sure like your your focused is like a basically to start your own business, you have to pinpoint and find out what the gaps are. And once you know the gaps and once you know like how you're going to achieve it, it becomes a kind of a very, very easy transition. So two things you have to watch out. You have to have a the kind of a vision or a goal. Like it is not like you have to um, work uh, within a couple of years and finish it off. No, you have to have a vision, a clarity of thought, what you need to do. And the second one is like have find out what are the gaps are like the pain point that the business has. And if you have these two, then you, you can easily try, uh, come down to the, the next level of running your own business. All right, thank you so much for that input. Um, so the next question we have is, um, what is your biggest interest in technology or AI and what is your perspective, like in your perspective, what is the future of AI? Um, see the AI is here to stay like, uh, the, the, what, uh, uh, I would recommend, uh, like, uh, the young generation is like, uh, be as close as possible to digital technology and AI and machine learning, because this is the future. If you look at it today, like in the current situation, things are like, it has a, the become very, a kind of a, a necessity where like a, they, they need a touchless uh, uh, technology and for tech, uh, touchless technology and like the future, what it is becoming, like you need to have a proper, like a kind of a, uh, the, the uh, tools and uh, mechanism and experience, like people who have experience in AI and machine learning, these are the jobs like which will be in demand in the future. But however, like uh, one thing like you need to also look at it is, like how do you, uh, the, 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 what are the barriers to this uh, transformation? The barriers can be like the biggest barrier is culture. Like, and then the, 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 which is, uh, and then the process. And the third, but last uh, is the technology. The technology is robust. 
But when you bring in this transformation, like for example, uh, uh, thickly populated countries like uh, uh, India, China, where like they will use more of labor. So like their digital transformation will be very slow. Whereas in the Western world, the digital transformation will be uh, very high because the culture uh, accepts the transformation. Whereas in the developing countries, the, the, uh, the acceptance is not high. And the processes, like the, 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 the organizations needs to be, and the countries needs to be very open-minded to bring in new processes, which may impact some and which may not impact some. And then the technology kicks in at the last, but the technology is already there. The only thing is like how we go. So like what my uh, the take on the AI is, like uh, the, the young generation has to be very close to the uh, digital arena and like they need to make sure like uh, they are uh, the one step ahead of everything. And the last but not the least is be at the right place where you can use your digital expertise or AI machine learning, be in the countries where they support these kind of uh, uh, engagement. Okay, well, thank you so much. So um, since you have had so much experience, so many years of experience, I just wanted to ask you in the past during your journey, professional or personal, is there anything you wish you could have done differently? Any regrets or failures of any kind? Oh, uh, yeah, there is uh, like uh, uh, one of the things like uh, what uh, I personally feel is initially when we are young, like uh, we like uh, have a kind of a, 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 a passion to make money. And that like uh, was one of the, I won't say it is but money is important to survive. But if your uh, money becomes the core objective of uh, being successful, then that I think like I should not have done. I should have been like a more like a running after passion. Like uh, see, if you bring in passion into the work, like what you uh, do, like money will follow. That is one of uh, the, the, uh, the, the I, I would say I would have done something different, like uh, if I'm given a, a second chance. And like as uh, Wayne Dreyer said, like uh, believing is seeing. Like uh, he says, whatever you believe, like you will achieve it. So like that belief is nothing but your passion. So you should have the passion to see, to, to do something which you, uh, and also believe in uh, making it uh, uh, a reality. For this, like uh, you need your family support. Your family is so important, the close uh, family, because there are like a lot of sacrifices you need to do. For example, when I was doing my MBA, the first thing like I did, uh, did was I gathered my family and I said, guys, like I'm going to pursue my MBA, but it requires like a lot of uh, effort and time. I won't be able to spend time with you on the weekends and all that. And that support, like they agreed, they knew like what I'm going to get in. And that support made me like uh, run after uh, the MBA. And the dean of the college was so happy because I fared very well in that. He wanted me to pursue PhD. But then that sacrifice was too much for the family. So I stopped it there. So like ultimately what I'm trying to say is be passionate about what you do. Yes, money will follow through. But if you become passionate about money, the passion dies off. Yeah, I think that's a really important message. 
Um, so for the last question, um, it's a very broad question. It's just that, do you have any advice you would like to share to students who listen to this podcast? Um, let's see, one of the things, again, uh, I, I want to reiterate, like uh, when you're getting into AI, start, uh, try to understand the basics. Uh, the, the, the one of the biggest challenge, like what I faced, like when I was recruiting, uh, uh, like a lot of uh, student was, the, the basics are not strong. Like, uh, and uh, if the basics are not strong, then like if uh, you, the, the, if you're given a kind of a, a complex uh, the solution to be resolved, like that takes a kind of a backseat and uh, like uh, that is where the failure comes in. So whenever you're doing your studies, like uh, whenever you're going through any uh, project or, or uh, like a learning new technology, what I would uh, ask uh, the, the, the young generation is to focus on the basics. If your basics are uh, the strong, then any problem which you face in the future, like uh, whether it's AI, AI or machine learning or any other technology, you will be sailing through. But if your basics are not strong, then uh, like uh, you will have a major issue like uh, uh, in your uh, future career and the growth. Like see, you can, we can talk, we can do like a lot of uh, like, uh, we can do like a kind of a marketing pitch about ourselves. But like if your basics are not strong, you will not get the, it is a superficial thing. It will last for you for a short time, but in the long term, yeah, the, it is a, a major concern. Okay, yeah, I definitely think that's some great advice since a lot of people aim high, but don't know where to start. So starting from the basics is definitely really good advice. Um, so last thing is, do you have anything else you would like to add or to share? Just enjoy life. Like uh, I, I always like this, uh, the, the, uh, what I say to uh, everyone, like uh, even my kids, I said, enjoy the journey and like uh, don't uh, the focus too much on the destination and that once you enjoy the journey the de destination will be more enjoyable like uh, in the future so have fun like enjoy every moment of your life like that present is the most important thing don't worry about the past and like, uh, don't think about the future too much like take the moment as it comes and have fun like when you're in college have fun and like uh, wherever you are, like enjoy every moment of the uh, the your uh, time, and uh, the, just uh, keep smiling and laughing. Don't get yourself stressed out to for uh, thinking about too much of uh, the future and the past. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great message to end the show today. I think that's something really important to remember, and it's just a great message. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Um, so that so concludes our podcast for today. So thank you so much for talking. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Jana. Thank you very much. Like it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to youngsters. <laughs> thank you so much again.